Everyone knows the adage, money can't buy happiness, although few of us act as if we really believe it. We are all aware that there are many who are tremendously wealthy, yet entirely unhappy. So we must at least believe that wealth doesn't guarantee happiness. Yet many of us focus a lot of energy on increasing our income and buying more stuff. Are we mistaken? Or are we acting rationally? Let's look at what the data says about whether money can buy happiness. G'day folks, welcome back to the Giving What We Can channel, where we look at how to maximize our charitable impact. Two key questions when it comes to charity are, whether our money is best spent on ourselves or others, and if we give to help others, does it really improve their lives? So what is the relationship between money and happiness? The best known research on money and happiness comes from a study by two Nobel laureates, Daniel Kahneman and Angus Deaton. It found that emotional well-being rises with income. However, it rises logarithmically. This means that as an individual's income increases, their well-being increases at a slower and slower rate. This data also indicated that well-being stopped increasing altogether after about 75,000 US dollars. So in summary, money can buy happiness, but only to a point. However, 11 years later, research by Matthew Killingsworth has come out which is purported to challenge this finding. The paper entitled, Experience Wellbeing Rises with Income, Even Above $75,000 Per Year, gives us a reason to think that we should take a closer look at the link between money and happiness. Let's dive in. The 2010 Kahneman and Deaton study examined the link between income, emotional well-being, and overall life evaluation. It relied on a survey of 450,000 American respondents that contained questions about emotional well-being, life satisfaction, and reported family income. After examining the data, the pair famously concluded that happiness remains basically unchanged once household income exceeds $75,000. The overall life evaluation keeps on improving. The key conclusion is that incomes over $75,000 buy life satisfaction, but not happiness. The 2021 Killingsworth study takes advantage of new technology to revisit the relationship between income and happiness. The new study used a smartphone app to periodically ask a large sample of people how they felt throughout the day on a continuous scale from very bad to very good. This is in contrast to the 2010 study, which simply asked people to recall how they felt in the past. As Killingsworth points out, the 2010 study's methodology is vulnerable to memory errors and biases in judgment. Contrary to Kahneman and Deaton's study, Killingsworth found that happiness and life satisfaction continue to increase with household income, even after incomes surpassed $75,000. So does that mean that money makes a big difference in happiness, and that you should go work at Goldman Sachs? Note that his graph uses a logarithmic x-axis for income, and the y-axis uses z-scores, a measure of standard deviation that won't have much intuitive meaning to anyone unfamiliar with statistics. Here's the data for experienced well-being, but plotted with different axes. What do we see with the data reformatted? Firstly, a doubling of income is associated with about a one point increase in a zero to 100 scale, which seems to be surprisingly small. Secondly, if we change the y-axis to display a linear relationship, this tells a very different story. In fact, we see a plateauing of the relationship between income and experience well-being, just as found in the Kahneman and Deaton study, but it's at a later point, about $200,000 per year. Finally, and most interestingly, the paper actually mentions that the association between money and happiness was strongly moderated by individuals' answers to the question, how important is money to you? The more they valued money, the more it influenced their happiness. This raises an interesting question about causality. Do people value money because they know it makes them happier? Or does having more money make them happier simply because they value having more money? Either way, we are left with a satisfyingly nuanced twist 
While money can matter less than we expect, individuals nevertheless seem to know how much it matters for themselves compared to others. In summary, this new paper finds increased money is correlated with increased happiness for incomes past the $75,000 mark, previously found by Kahneman and Deaton. However, the association is quite small, perhaps underwhelmingly small. And a large part of the explanation is driven by whether people believe or have learned that money matters to them. So it might be better to title this paper, Money Barely Increases Happiness Above $75,000 Per Year Unless You Really Value Money. And even then, not by much. So far we've looked at income and happiness. Doesn't it surely matter how people spend their money though? There must be better and worse ways to spend it, right? Well, a great paper on this topic is, if money doesn't make you happy, then you probably aren't spending it right. In it, the authors make the following suggestions based on their findings. One, buy more experiences and fewer material goods. Two, use your money to benefit others rather than yourself. Three, buy many small pleasures rather than a few large ones. Four, eschew extended warranties and other forms of overpriced insurance. Five, delay consumption. Six, consider how peripheral features of your purchases may affect your day-to-day -day life. And seven, beware of comparison shopping. Eight, pay attention to the happiness of others. Now, as you might expect, we want to focus on the second point. Use money to benefit others rather than yourself. There is evidence that spending money to benefit others improves the spender's happiness. In one experiment, participants were given money and then randomly told to spend it on themselves or others. As it turns out, those who spend it on others reported higher levels of happiness at the end of the study. So one reason to give is that it will probably make you happier than the other ways that you could spend your money. The other, probably bigger reason is that it can substantially increase the happiness of others too. The more money you have, the better it is to spend it on others. You hit what is called diminishing returns. Killingsworth's study suggests that doubling someone's income from $500 to $1,000 increases their happiness by the same amount as doubling someone else's income from $100,000 to $200,000. However, that same $100,000 could instead be used to increase the happiness of 200 people earning $500. Now that is an incredible bargain. So in conclusion, it still seems that chasing ever increasing amounts of money is a pretty ineffective way to find happiness for ourselves. On the other hand, giving to highly effective charities is a great way to make others feel happier. Also, if you live in a high income country, then you are likely in the top 5% of global earners. This means that you have an exciting opportunity to significantly improve the lives of others. Even better, you probably make yourself much happier while doing so. To learn more about the impact you can have, I recommend this playlist on effective giving linked in the video. You're also invited to join our community of effective givers at givingwhatwecan.org. Thanks to Julian Hazel and Michael Plant for their work writing this article for the Giving What We Can blog, and to Tony Edelberg for her help editing it. If you enjoyed this video, please like, share, and subscribe. Until next time, keep on doing good. <laughs>